0: Random, random story. But this is a story I was going to tell you earlier. Mm -hmm. So when Jalea was a baby, Mm -hmm. I was 12, 13. Okay. Somewhere around there. And you know, like the little, like the baby, like little vests, like they have the little little snaps in the middle. Yeah, yeah. So that, I put that on. On yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. I don't remember (laughs) what we were talking about, but at the time, this story made sense. But I thought it was funny, so I waited until you know. anyway. <laughs> I put it on. It did fit. It was hella crop top ish. But bet. it did actually fit. That thing had stretch. And then I like snapped all the little things and, and then I you busted like- it
1: open, didn't you? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say you
0: no my boobs were not that size at the time (laughs) but that was chesty always you know yeah and then it was just like but it was like the gapes you know oh yeah yeah and so i like walked in and i was like mom look (laughs) (laughs) And she was like what is wrong yeah no (laughs) nothing
1: (laughs) but it was funny (laughs) i feel like i i like found a bunch of baby clothes once Mm -hmm. and i like put on one of the t-shirts I was like, this is just like a really tiny t-shirt.
0: Oh, it's because we were talking about that's the junior. That's why the story makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Buying the junior knee pads. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to look for knee pads and elbow <sighs> pads. I'm trying to reteach myself how to skate
0: <laughs> for all the people out there. She was a hockey star when she was younger. a hockey star. <laughs> I was a star, baby. I watched her play hockey. She was quite significant. Did you? Yeah, that's how you play. When? I think randomly, you would have games, and I would go, and I'd watch you play I don't remember that. I do. That's weird, because we would have been up in Stouffville. I remember being with your dad, and I remember standing, like, at the, where the window thing is. Mm. One time I actually even went to skate with you, really? and then, yeah, but because of my little leggies, <laughs> 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 didn't go very well.
1: <laughs> it's funny, the, the memories that some people remember, and then, like... The ones that you block out, yeah. or you're just like you well, dispose of we were always friends. we did stuff together i just I just don't remember I just remember like hockey always being like like we'd go way the fuck up to Stoville or something, mm. and it would just be like a bunch of girls that I didn't really know.
0: I remember one time i I'm, I'm sort of having memories of this coming back <laughs> now,
1: where like you I
0: literally remember these two times, which one I was actually going to skate, and I think wherever we went, they had skates there, and I remember your dad. Like sitting like in front of me, like lacing up the skates for me. Yeah. And then I remember he like helped me on the ice, and then it was like really, he didn't skate. I don't remember him skating, but I remember being like, all right. And you were like, pop, 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 just zipping around. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, you do this, and then I remember you were going backwards, and you were doing like you know the body sway. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh, uh, I don't, I don't think this Fuck, is for me. Skating's the best. I, I really want to like. Do it properly again. I can
1: skate fine. It's the stopping. And mm. if you can't stop, you can't really get going that fast because you're like, I'll die. Well, I couldn't get
0: going. And stop, so
1: <laughs> I really want to. Me and, uh, yeah, like I said, me and Ahmed are going to get him skates. I have skates. They need to be sharpened. So we're going to get him skates probably like next Saturday. Okay. And then there's a rink at the bottom of my street. And- like outdoor? Outdoor, yeah. Okay. And they, like, Zamboni it every day. So we're like, okay, we'll wait till, like, 1 a.m. or something when mm. everybody else is tucked away in their beds. <laughs> and we'll sneak down there and go on the, the rink and see if we can, like, figure it out.
0: I mean, that's an idea. Yeah. That would be fun.
1: Oh, that's been my plan for, I don't know, the last four years. <laughs> <laughs> but the first two years they were, like, rebuilding the rink. Yeah. And so I think... In the last two years, I haven't gone, I don't think. But the year before that, I I would drive over. Because, you know, I don't stay up late also.
0: So, <laughs> it's like, 10
1: o'clock would have been, like, my latest that yeah. I could possibly. So, I think I would drive over. There's, like, another rink outside um by Greenwood and Girard or so. Mm-hmm. And so, I would drive over there. And it's, like, a circular rink where you just kind of, like, skate around in laps sort mm-hmm. of thing. And so, I would drive over there. wobble my way around on that thing (laughs) but then there'd be like a bunch of fucking teenagers and you know how i feel about
0: teenagers
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think they're making fun of me just when i'm walking by i have nothing to do with them for five seconds so i just
0: but i don't okay when i was younger when we were younger i should say Mm -hmm. i don't remember us being stupid teenagers we were cool i don't care how anybody wants to feel about that We were cool. But I I like feel like we probably made fun of people. I do feel like we probably made some jokes here and there. That's why I feel the way I feel, I
1: think. Because I
0: made so much fun of people. (laughs) uh, You know what's funny? Sarah was the type that, yeah, she makes jokes and she'll make jokes with people. But if you ever make one of those jokes back to one of her friends, you will get that 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 useless. You're <laughs> going to get ripped. <laughs> she does not. Sarah does not play. So <laughs> my very first time when I was looking for an apartment moving out of my parents' house, I found this apartment, and it was a guy named Bill. And so I signed the lease and everything, and it's time for him to sign the paperwork and for me to give my deposit and everything. So, you know, I'm trying to get it together. Like, okay, here's everything. Gave Sarah everything. So then we're not hearing from Bill. Do you remember this?
1: No, but you've told me this story before. All right. I'm going to tell (laughs) you. I have, like, the most vague memory, but I don't know if it's, like, a memory that I've concocted because you've told me this story. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's probably what it is.
0: So this guy just refused to respond, and it's getting close to move-in day. And I don't really have a place to live now. And my parents had bought a house and they had gone. And I was literally alone in the house just waiting for, like, the day to move. And Sarah went to that guy's house and she kicked off his door.
1: I did not.
0: (laughs) You told me specifically that you went, you were like, boom, 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 boom. And he opens the door and you're like what the fuck <laughs> that doesn't sound very professional <laughs> we were young at the time we hadn't settled into our professionalism yet i guess yeah
1: it's probably like 21
0: yeah <laughs> and you're like why haven't you responded like you haven't I, she has to some like she has to move into the like all that kind of stuff you're talking about her he was like oh um i i i think i just changed my mind he's just a fucking raging racist <laughs> And you're like, you can't just fucking change your mind when somebody's <laughs> signed a lease right. and they're supposed to move in. Da, da da And I remember you called me like, okay, well, he's a fucking idiot. Sarah cursed a lot. But then she did find me somewhere else very quickly. Was that the Kennedy place? Yes. Mm, yeah. I remember that. So, and then the day that I moved in, I was like super overwhelmed. And then you're like, just sit down. We will do everything. And so my mom and Sarah, like, moved in boxes while I sat on the bed like... (laughs) (laughs) That I don't remember either. I remember that. Like, I wasn't bawling, but I do. I sat there and I was like, okay, just take a beat. One thing landlords, certain landlords, do not like to do repairs. Yes, those are called slum (laughs) lords. Lords of slums. Even when the fridge broke at that place and... um, My landlord happened to be in Greece, I believe. And then it was her daughter and her (laughs) daughter. If I ever see that girl again, I'm a much different LaShonda today (laughs) than I was back then. Because some of the shit that that bitch said, (laughs) I'm like, at the time, I was trying to be like civil and trying to be like, okay, like I'm leaving. I am moving out. I don't want to deal with this nonsense. Right. Now you get a much different response. (laughs) You know what else, too? You know when you get, like, more comfortable in knowing your rights and stuff like that? Right. And knowing what's okay from what's not. And it's okay to ruffle feathers. Like, even some jobs that I had. Yeah. And I dealt with some real bullshit. Yeah. Now, that would not fly. Like, little do you know,
1: I have become increasingly more <laughs> immature as I have gotten older. <laughs> You are going to feel my wrath.
0: Honestly, now I'm kind of like, I will cuss you out so professionally. Yeah. You will have no idea. That's what we talk
1: about all the time, too, where it's always just sort of like bubbling below the surface. And you're like, I'm cordial. I'm nice. I'm lovely. I'm a lovely person. And then someone gives you the opportunity to let it out. And you're like, yes. (laughs) You don't know how much I appreciate you giving me this opportunity to cuss you the fuck out. (laughs) I love when people do that shit.
0: Oh, man. Even at work. Sometimes it's like, especially if I have your name there and I call you ma'am, because I've never had a sir make me do this. Okay. It's always been a female that's made me do this. And I'll be like, ma'am, in my brain, I'm calling you a bitch or a whore <laughs> or Listen something. Listen here, biznatch. <laughs> <laughs> but it will come out as ma'am. So you don't know, but in my brain, I'm feeling better because I'm telling you about yourself and you don't even know. It. Right. They probably know. Like, Whether they know or not, don't call my phone acting stupid. I don't need help. I've gotten the occasional ma'am, and I'm like, oh
1: <laughs> just slap me across the face, why don't you? <laughs> just
0: kick me right in my lady balls. So, what yeah. have you got for us today?: Well, I have quite a South African story. Oh, Oh, <laughs> you see what I did there? I All saw that right. today, and I was like, "Perfect.
1: <laughs> Perfect, so welcome to the podcast. So what why I do, Dad? Oh, yeah, my name's Sarah I'm Luciana. How
0: about you Lushanda.
1: That's I I was not going to, but no, we both said it.
0: Well, that's good. Double time. Good, Sarah. Yeah. (laughs) Two for everyone. All right. So. I'm ready. I'm trying to think if I need my lighter, lighter highlighter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, it's going to be a
1: demonstration. (laughs)
0: Because, you know, sometimes it's easier for me to like to know where I stop when it's like, you know. So the story that I have for you today is Alison Botha. Okay. I have told you about her before, but I don't know if you would recall. Okay. Now you know I have a little bit of a thing to do women, but technically the murderous people in this are men. Okay. So Alison Botha was born September twenty second, nineteen sixty seven, in Port Elizabeth, which is a town in the eastern Cape province of South Africa. Did you
1: know my grandmother was born in Cape Town? I didn't know that. Mm, Yeah, she was. I don't like
0: learning new stuff about you.
1: <laughs> yeah, her parents were uh, Salvation Army missionaries.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know
1: that. Now you know. So you a little South African. <laughs> not really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not really. I consider them to be English.
0: All right. Yeah. Yeah, because like every time that you talk about, I always hear like the English or like the Irish, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, she spent a lot of her childhood there. Mm-hmm. So I you got a little sprinkle of the paprika <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding y'all that's one of the reasons <laughs> she's very peppery mm-hmm. i like it Anywho. <laughs> so. allison's parents are brian and claire they separated when allison was 10 years old and allison and her brother neil were raised by their mom so allison went to a girls only high school where she was the lead girl what's a lead girl Interestingly, I did look that up because I'm like, what? what's a lead girl? What the is a lead girl? <laughs> so what I gathered is it's almost like a hall monitor, if you will, or like that person from every class or from the, each grade. That's like, OK, if anything, this is a person that's the go to. You know what I mean? Is it the snitch? <laughs> <laughs> Are they the, the teacher's pet? The kitty two shoes? I
1: guess you could say that. All right. <laughs> Get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, there's that paprika. i like, is, it,
1: is this more for the students or is this more for the teacher?
0: That I don't know. Because it's South Africa, so it's like, you can't exactly... I literally looked up what is a lead girl. Right. And... If anyone wants to let us know,
1: if is this a the the school snitch or is this actually someone who's there
0: for support for the students? Like teachers better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with that one. So after she finished school, she went traveling for four years abroad. And she also studied, now I wanted to say it this way because I, you know, I kind of like when people speak, interesting. it's not that they're speaking funny, but they're South African and they speak Afrikan. Right. I believe it's called. Yeah, with a K. Yeah, with a K. Yeah. And so when they're speaking English, they say things, you know, sometimes it'll translate into very like, like very like specific. Anyways, she said that she studied secretarial for a year and okay. I just like the way she said it. So I wanted to say that all right <laughs> here'd be like business management or some nonsense mm-hmm. all right so um now allison's 27 years old she's working as an insurance broker it's december 18th 1994 and allison heads out for some fun with friends she described it as a perfect summer day and having a great time at the beach so it's summer in December in South Africa. That's also what I realized when All she right. said. I was like, "What? It's December. It's Christmas time."
1: You're like, "I want to die right now." It's December fifth in Canada. <laughs> There's no snow on the ground, and I still want to die. <sighs> we literally had a
0: thunderstorm. Yeah, in December. You no, know, it's been raining
1: for the last fucking week. Like, oh. I was saying to Ahmed yesterday, we we're driving around, and I was like, "I was like Christmas." decorations with no snow are pathetic <laughs> <laughs> actually pathetic and he's like they're pathetic with snow and I was like I don't like the way you
0: think <laughs> I've actually been trying to get myself in more of a like holiday mood because Chris keeps being like me, you're not in the holiday spirit oh god and I'm like it's not that I'm not I just like sometimes it takes me a second and you know what's funny a lot of the time I'm the one that's all like Christmas music
1: Christmas, everything, Christmas. Oh, yeah not for
0: me And then I'm like, I don't know. This year I'm kind of just like. "Mm." Um, So she had a great day out and she goes back to her place with her friends for some food and games, has a great night. So at the end of the night, she heads to her friend's place to pick up her laundry and she's now driving back home to her apartment in Port Elizabeth. Okay. So she pulls into a parking spot that's further down from her regular spot because somebody had taken it. Okay. So right then, a man comes up. And he has a knife to her throat and he's forcing his way into the vehicle. Mm. Now, to kind of make it make sense, it's basically like when the window is down and he came up and then has the knife right to her Jesus throat. Like fucking there. fucking Christ. So he starts yelling at her to move over or I'll kill you and for her to move into the passenger seat. And now he's taking possession of the car. So he says that he doesn't want to hurt her and that he just wants to use her car for about an hour, giving her lots of false hope there. Oh,
1: God. So like, if, have you uh, heard of a cab? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: pay for your fucking cab fare. Honestly, just tell me where you're going. I'll get you an Uber right now. Yeah. <laughs> so as he starts driving, he's telling her, like, hey, my name is Clinton. And then he starts asking her questions like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Like. Tell me about yourself. That kind of stuff. Mm. Very strange. For the listeners,
1: never, ever, ever allow Mm. someone to take you to another location. My mom has
0: drilled that into my head. You don't
1: ever let them get you to any other place. Like, even take the risk of getting stabbed. Mm. You don't want to find out what's going to happen at the other location. It's going to be worse than getting stabbed. That's true. Hurl your body out of a moving vehicle. I don't
0: fucking Mm. care. Get somebody else's attention. Do something. Now she did say that in the moment, it's almost like that feeling of, okay, do I just go along with this or do like, how do I, it's the fight or flight. Right. Did I say that right? Fight or flight. Yes. Thing. And it's like, okay, he's, he just wants to use it for an hour, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, he can make it out. That's yeah. Right. They're always lying. Always. Yeah. So as I said, he's kind of portraying the situation like it'll be done soon. Um, everything's fine. So he starts driving, and then they end up at another location. He picks up another man. Mm. But this man's not the same. So she's looking in the rearview mirror, and she's like, that's when she knew she was in trouble. Mm. Because this guy's eyes looked completely black, just dead. Mm. The look on this guy's face was different than Clinton's face. So as they drove down, they're hiding farther and farther out. There's no more streetlights. Nothing's around. It's just dirt, sand, Just nothing. Mm. So eventually they stop the car and he turns to Allison and says, are you going to fight?
1: Oh, shit. Yeah.
0: So then at this moment, she's like, no, I'm not going to fight. She's thinking, let me just go along with it. You know, let me try to do what I think she's thinking would best make her survive. Right. Now, a little segue here to kind of make, because I was trying to kind of understand that. Everybody's different. I, I feel like sometimes I can see when people are a little bit more of a fighter. Like, listen, I will, I will pop your balls. You but know like, like the two balls. men in the middle of nowhere. That's the whole thing. Yeah. So it's kind of like they probably are going to rape me. Yeah. So if I just go along with it, maybe they'll just leave me off in the wilderness and yeah. just, just go. Right. So I think this is kind of along the lines of what she's thinking. Mm-hmm. So the guy in the back gets out of the car and then it's just Clinton there. So he forces her to perform. I should probably give a couple trigger warnings, guys. This, it does get really quite intense. Hmm. So he forces her to perform oral sex on him. Hmm. And then he performs oral sex on her. So all the while saying things like, does your boyfriend do this to you? Do you like it? You have the nicest tasting fanny. And I'm being verbatim here no. as to what she said he said. Oh yeah, they use the word fanny
1: for vagina. Yeah. By the way, the English and the South Africans, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and I'm assuming the Australians too. I think the Australians as yeah. well, New Zealanders, yeah, all those places. They all come from the colonizers. <laughs> <laughs> the colonizers like to call it a fanny. I mean, you <laughs> <Here> see <went. laughs> But I'm
0: right. <laughs> You're definitely not wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because for a while, when I was listening to English people talk, they'd talk about Fanny this, Fanny that, putting yeah. things in your Fanny. And I'm like, why are people putting all this stuff in their butts? <laughs> and then finally, I realized Fanny is vagina. Yeah,
0: I think people don't realize over here at Fanny, a Fanny would be is your butt. butt. Yeah. yeah. But not your butt hole. Not your butt hole, just your butt. It's just your butt cheek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, where did I hear this say? Oh, it was Geordie Shore. They're say your Fanny flap. Fanny flap. Fanny flap. Fanny flap. And I was Ooh. like, oh, that, that doesn't that sound doesn't. nice at all. <laughs> I don't yeah. like that. That doesn't come off the tongue. So you're nice. <laughs> all right, back to serious. Okay. <clears throat> so he also was kissing her and he was giving her love bites on her breasts.
1: Ugh, don't then, call it a love bite. I'm being verbatim. He was giving her pervert rape bite yes. bites on her.
0: But he Breath. was like, I feel like the way that she described what he was doing in the beginning. Was literally like, you know, and like if you're with your significant other and you start like doing stuff, mm-hmm. like he's doing stuff like that, but obviously in a very pervy way. Right. So I just kind of wrote things down. Certain things that she said verbatim was what was said or whatever, what was done. I just wrote that down as what it is. Because I literally, some of the things that I had to write, I kind of like, like, I know it's a little funny, but Fanny, I was like, you can't change something that's verbatim. Just say Fanny. Right. So anyway. <laughs> We've cleared it all up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm so long winded sometimes. I don't know. I'm like this. <laughs> so, again, I'm not gentle after doing this. It's just, you know how we got it. Mm-hmm. But um, then he proceeds to rape her. Oh, God. So, another thing that I wanted to mention is that she had basically described the fact that her body went into protection mode. Mm. And responding to the rape, you know, your body. Excretes fluid. Okay. Now she said that she described the feeling of that as feeling like her body was betraying her, because generally, you know, when a woman is aroused, that's when she'll get wet. Right. But having this done to you and your body's responding almost as if you would like it. Right. Is I can understand the betrayal aspect of it. Right. So then the guy standing outside of the car walks over and says, "France." So she's like, Franz. So now she knows his name is not Clinton. Right. It's Franz. So Franz says to who we find out at a later point is Tianz. Again, I'm trying to pronounce stuff. You guys know how I am. Do you also want to have sex with a lovely lady? And Tianz responds, no, I want to fuck the bitch. Oh. Verbatim. So Franz is saying, no, you can't talk to her like that. She's a lady. You have to speak properly to her. So weird. It's very like because you just raped her Mm -hmm. she was saying the same thing you just raped me Mm -hmm. but you're saying he can't talk to me like that Mm -hmm. like speak respectfully to her you have to treat her nicely and okay rape is rape regardless Mm -hmm. but not because you were like a softer touch means that it's okay you know what I mean not like you're trying to actually be like you know yeah rape is rape yeah because in their minds like a woman doesn't have
1: a choice yeah, She's there to be taken one way or another. Yeah. But he's a good guy
0: in his mind. Oh, just wait. Just wait. Okay. So what you just said, we're going to circle back to that momentarily. All right. So um, Franz gets out and before she knows it, Tian has his hand around her throat and then she evacuates her bowels. Oh, shit. Yeah. On a side note, I do remember my mom always saying like, hey, you do what you have to do. If you have to throw up. You throw up all over the place. If you have to, you know, have a bowel movement, pee, whatever, you do whatever you have to do to make somebody leave you alone. Right. Now, I'm not saying that this was the case for this. I just remember like certain little things my mom would say to like give little survival tips, you know, God forbid anybody tried to hurt you, take you, anything like that. So um, after they raped her, they began to stab her all in her pubic area. Oh, my God. Totaling about 37 times. Oh, my God. Then Tians cuts her throat first, mm. and then Franz comes and pushes him out of the way so he could continue to stab her in her throat. What the fuck? So her throat was slashed 17 times. Ugh, I do remember the story now. Yeah. Yeah. So now she's naked on the ground, and she sees them leaving, and then she sees them throw her clothes out of the window. I actually found out that they went out for breakfast after this with the bloody knife. Ugh. And I was very disgusted about that. Would they not have been covered in blood? I'm assuming that they probably just changed their clothes, but
1: oh, they were probably naked doing this.
0: I don't know. I don't know if they were naked or well, not. Well, if they had been raping her, at the they very at least, they had, had nothing to, on the bottom. Yeah.
1: So or they probably it just
0: down, took their clothes off, and then put them back on. Still over their like, blood-covered bodies. Uh, it's just disgusting. Ugh. It's just honestly, when I was like watching documentaries and like reading about it, I was like, first of all. Allison, you are fantastic. Yeah. But the way that it's all described, it very much is a tearjerker. I can't even,
1: like, I can't even, like, describe those things as human beings. Yeah. Those creatures.
0: Yeah. Just wait. Okay. <laughs> so Alison said that she couldn't really feel pain, but she could hear herself trying to breathe through her, like, throat wound. Oh, my God. And that's when she started realizing that she's dying. Imagine like not feeling pain yeah and such a grotesque situation of just brutality and just like i'm gonna go into more details as to what exactly happened in terms of her actual wounds so as she's laying there with this overwhelming sadness and hopelessness is what she described it as Mm. she said that she had left her body and she remembered looking down at her body and realizing that she had a choice to go back. Oh. So she wanted to go back, and so she does. So then she's back in her body, and she wanted to make sure that they never did that to anybody else again. Okay. So she writes in, like, the sand, like, dirt, France, and then she writes Tians, and then she writes, I love mom. Aww. And when I, I was like, oh, my gosh, my heart. Yeah. Literally, a lot, a lot of when I was going through this, I was like... It's just the way that she says, the way that she speaks Mm -hmm. is such a, like, it's just very, like, like, you kind of put yourself there, if Mm -hmm. you will. Yeah. And then certain emotions, you know, I can understand Mm -hmm. and certain things I can understand. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of like, oh, like, so others have felt the same things and it's been, you know, like, you're not alone, you know? So now she's laying there and she feels like there's, like, something wet by her legs. Mm And, the, like, there's something almost on her. So she actually realizes that that's her intestines outside of her body. I do you remember this. Yeah. And so now she's trying to, like, pull herself up and trying to figure out, like, how do I survive? Like, what do I do? And she sees that because they threw her clothes out of the window, right. she sees her shirt there. So she kind of, like, starts to pick herself up a little bit. She's kind of crawling a little bit while she's literally holding her insides, like, in. Mm-hmm. And... She's crawling, feeling weaker and weaker. She knows that that's not going to really get her anywhere. Mm -hmm. So she does everything that she can do to get to her feet to stand up. So as she's standing there, she says everything went black. Mm -hmm. And the reason everything went black is because when she reaches to her throat, she realizes that her hand goes inside of her throat. Oh, my God. And the reason that everything went black is because her head had been like it fell backwards between her shoulder blades oh my god so i think the blackness was her you know when you're looking up at the darkness and she remember she's in the middle of nowhere oh my god so her head is back between her shoulder blades she has to pick it back up oh my god and bring it forward holy fuck so now she's holding her head to her body holding her insides in her abdomen inside so she starts trying to walk she's trying to get to somewhere and then she said that it felt like somebody else was moving her feet and then when she like kind of came to she realized she's at the road now and then she falls down now this is the part that also really pissed me off because when you see something you do something Hmm. it's nothing to maybe well this was 1994 in South Africa yeah maybe not everybody had a cell phone or whatever Mm -hmm. but even if let me just okay So she sees a car coming and it's that like, okay, like somebody's coming, like I can get help. Right. But then it's also like, wait, what if that's France and Sian's coming back? Right. Like what if they now see that, okay, so I'm not dead and I've made it this far, you know, what's going to happen next? Right. So the car kind of comes up, slows down, she hears the engine, then the car just drives off. Oh God. And I'm just like, you couldn't even be like, hey, I'm going to go get you help. Right. And then drive to go get help or something. Right. You know, like, uh, people are ridiculous. But then another car comes, and it's a 20-year-old vet student named Tian Ilard. Another Tian? Not that was Tian's. This is Tian, okay. T i a a n. Jesus. They pronounce the names much better. Oh, I'm sure they do. When they say it, you can hear the difference. Yeah. But... T i a a n Tian's is T-H-E-U-N-S. Oh, okay. So Tian's and Tian. Okay. If I'm getting that right. So he had actually been on a holiday with some friends and he'd been driving down the road and he came across Allison seeing her lying naked with this gruesome sight just in the middle of the road. Right. Um, He was actually very, very sweet to her. Again, I don't know, maybe it's my hormones, but this really got me like, jerker the whole right. way through, but also good.
1: Not that he's like like human medical person, but like someone that's not squeamish either, yeah. and is yeah. like you know can can go into like okay I I to help you too. mode. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So he, you know, what I thought was really cute too. While he was there with her, he said, "You have really nice eyes." And he was like, Don't worry, Aww. you know, we're gonna get you help. Everything's gonna be okay. You have really nice eyes. Aww. All the while her eyes were completely bloodshot. Aww. Completely red, completely bloodshot. But it was one of those things that you kind of just take the I feel like you take the person out of the situation to just give them a little bit of something else, if that right. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So somebody that he was with actually had a cell phone. And so he was able to call like the South African version of nine one one. They waited about 40 minutes for emergency to arrive. Also, I wanted to kind of note as well that he was saying that he was asking them to drive faster because he was saying that it's almost like they were like, oh, she's going to die. So, you know, we get there when we get there type thing. Right. But obviously there was still time. So it wasn't until that they actually got to the hospital that he let go of her hand for the first time. Mm-hmm. That really touched my, touched my heart. Um, so at the point of the abduction to this current moment was about 90 minutes total time. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I also wanted to point out, you kind of jumped the gun a little bit mm-hmm. just then, but Tian changed from animals to people and did become a doctor oh, because wow. of this whole situation. Interesting. He realized he would rather help people. And yeah, put a pin there, we'll also circle back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> pin, put. Perfect. So... <laughs> Dr. David Cummins described the sheer horror and brutality of Allison's wounds. Mm. She was cut from ear to ear. Her trachea windpipe had been cut clean through. And I don't know, is the trachea the same as the windpipe? That's what we were trying to figure out. It seems like,
1: like either the larynx or the trachea is the windpipe. Maybe the whole thing is the windpipe?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I tried to kind of write this in layman's terms because when I watched him describe it, he said it in very, like, clinical terms. Right. So I'm... Because then there's also the esophagus, which is the part that goes
1: down to the stomach.
0: Just understand that when I say all this, I'm trying my best to make sure that I am correct as much as possible to say this in layman's terms. Right. So... Her trachea windpipe had been cut clean through and she was really just breathing through like a hole just above her collarbones.
1: So they they cut her that many times in her throat and managed to not ever
0: sever her fucking artery? Oh, put a pin there. Okay. We're to circle that momentarily. Uh, the junior doctor points out also to Dr. Cummins, Dr. David Cummins, that that's not even all. So then he pulls back the sheet and then he sees her abdomen. Right. Now, it's completely disemboweled. She had large loops of her small bowel lying on her stomach, and all of it was dirty with, like, beach sand, lumps of charcoal. And he also described what looked like lumps of lamb chop fat. I don't even know what lamb chop fat specifically looks like. I don't really know, and I don't know if that's, like, her fat or, like... Oh, it must have been. Yeah, but, like, it's just... I don't really know, but they, again, she was stabbed at least 37 times. And then because some of the stabbings will overlap, so you can't count that as something separate. Right. So at least 37 times. Ugh, fucking animals. (sighs) Also, Franz was married with a child and he left them to go and do this heinous thing. Clearly that never stops anyone. I know, but like... Sometimes I'm just like, I guess you never try to understand an irrational person because you just will not be able to.
1: Yeah.
0: When they finished assessing her injuries, they said that it would be very unlikely for her to ever have children mm-hmm. because they literally tried to destroy all of her reproductive organs. Okay. All the doctors, nurses were affected by this. They all spoke about the cruelty of what happened to her. All of them. From what I understand till this day'll we'll always remember this case. It was like that case that was a defining moment for a lot of yeah, but. yeah things at that time in that area, all of that, so it was Dr. Dmitry Angelov who performed the surgery, and he literally had to clean her intestines and insides. sometimes he had to use a brush to get the more like embedded like dirt and mm. debris of before what? he put it back in her right um, I watched the doctor explain the injury, so i 'm going to try my best to go into all that now okay now they did also refer to her as a miracle the whole situation was a miracle that she survived right so just to give it an idea the most important blood vessels that supply blood to the brain and the head were severed now usually that would cause hemorrhaging and would cause death within three to four minutes right so how she even survived that is they have no idea just they just said it has to be a miracle Um, Some of the most important nerves that go down from the neck down to all the like important organs were not damaged at all. Mm. And then also it's kind of like 17 up in the throat, neck, a little like the chest going down to just, just below, like Mm -hmm. right here, 17 times. And as we know, abdomen 37. So interestingly, her esophagus was not damaged at all, but her trachea was severed. So I guess a trachea windpiper kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the stabbing around her chest did not penetrate her lungs or her heart. Also, I should probably mention the knife that they used was probably a good, like, that's probably, and that's just the blade alone. Like eight, 10 inches? Yeah, about oh. that. So it was a, it was like a kitchen knife. Was it serrated or not serrated? Not serrated. Oh, okay. But it was very long. And as you know, like she wasn't, she was an average sized woman. So a knife at that length stabbing somebody Mm -hmm. and you don't penetrate all the important stuff Mm -hmm. and the stuff that you did penetrate still for some way somehow she didn't bleed out yeah it it actually is like wow you know and the fact that you had to pick your own head up (sighs) and hold your insides in you know (sighs) nothing short of a miracle did you say she used the clothes to like stop any of the bleeding or anything like that she took the shirt and she almost like used that to try to hold because i don't know how to say this kind of not gross but she kind of used it to kind of scoop her insides to keep it all because when you're holding like your intestines your bowels your this your that yeah and it's one hand here and one hand trying to keep your head up right so she used the shirt to almost like use it almost like um like a sack right if that makes sense okay so that's how she used that now, while Allison was in the hospital, Detective Melvin Humpel shows her a folder of photos. So as they're going through them, she identifies France, and then she writes down France. And then they keep going through other photos. And then she sees Tien's, and she writes down Tien's. Now, she had a tube down into her lungs for her breathing, so mm-hmm. she wasn't able to speak at this time. Right. But now police know exactly who they're looking for. And they were already brought in, I believe, for robbery. Okay. That's how the detective even had encountered them in the first place. Okay. So the police came back later that day and they explained to Dr. David that they'd been in contact with the chief prosecutor who had let them know that it would be a much stronger case against them if she was able to verbally say Franz Tiens. But Dr. David is like, listen she has a tube that's pretty much keeping her breathing right now. Mm-hmm. If we take that out for one, it could disrupt all of the, the healing, like the of, reconstructive, yeah, yeah. like everything that they had done for all the surgeries, it could disrupt that. Right. And then also again, she's breathing from that. So right. this is, this is something that's really quite tricky. So after discussing it with Allison, she gives the go ahead to remove it. Mm. So he does. And the first thing that she says is that's wonderful
1: want to have it out
0: yeah i will say i had a breathing tube when i
1: had that accident when Mm -hmm. i was a kid and i think it's probably the worst thing
0: ever i'm gonna piggyback on that yeah i just that i don't remember which surgery it was but i was waking up from the surgery Mm -hmm. and then i felt it like down because it goes deep down oh yeah and i felt it like all the way in there yeah and then I immediately grabbed it to pull it out. For some reason, that's your first instinct. Well, because you feel like it's suffocating you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You feel like perfect. it's something that's blocking your throat and you can't breathe, even though it's breathing
0: for yeah. you. Your instinct
1: is like, I'm being suffocated right now. I need this out of my that's throat. That's a
0: perfect way to say it. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember... I'm a little strong.
1: <laughs> oh, they had to fight you? Yeah. Because you can like literally tear your whole windpipe open by That's pulling it out whole wrong. That's yeah. the
0: And I didn't really realize all of that until after. Mm-hmm. But when I grabbed it, and I remember I can literally see it now. I remember I opened my eyes and I didn't move my head, but I looked around the room. Mm-hmm. And then I immediately grabbed it. And I did pull it a little bit. Oh, shit. And then because I felt it kind of coming out. <sighs> so I pulled it a little bit. And then one of the nurse grabbed my hand mm-hmm. and then she pushed it down. And then another nurse had to come and like help her to push my right, hand. They were
1: like, this is a strong
0: girl. Keep, keep your eye on this one. Because I think in the moment you're feel, like, like you said, you feel like I'm not breathing. Yeah. Like, you're like, I'm going to die if I get this <laughs> out of my throat. So, and I'm like, you know, and it was my right hand too. I remember, and you know, right is because I'm right handed. So yeah. It's strong. Yeah. It, uh, my point is just like yeah, oh, it's you a horrible it feeling. It perfectly, the feeling of it coming out is yeah.
1: horrible. The the way your throat feels after is horrible. Yeah. It's
0: all horrible. That is terrible. Yeah. So, she also went on to say that my attackers were France and Tians. Okay. So when she was discharged from intensive care and then went to general, a couple of her coworkers and friends had gone to visit her. So when they walked in, they were horrified, you know, understandably so. Mm -hmm. And then Allison, seeing the look on their faces, she smiles and she holds up her hand and she's like, don't cry, guys. I didn't even chip a nail. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know that nail thing's a little chip off my own heart. heart. (laughs) Wow. What about us? Well, here's the thing. Um, Her fingernails were all dirty, bloody, and she did obviously chip a bunch of nails. Her hands were in really bad shape. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's funny how she kind of came to be like, oh, like she said that she saw the look on their faces and she's basically trying to say like, hey, I'm all right. I'm going to be fine. Yeah, I can understand that because like, if you've been in the hospital, like
1: looking real rough, Mm -hmm. you don't feel as rough as you look Mm -hmm. usually. And when people come in, even just seeing someone in a hospital bed, Makes them look like weak, and you know you just are like, oh no, like you know you're so upset to (laughs) see someone like that. And then if she also would be like so bruised and so battered and so many stitches and so much
0: like going on. Well, they also mentioned the fact that her eyes were so bloodshot because blood vessels had burst in her eyes. Right. So everybody kept mentioning that her eyes were so bloodshot, right? So red. Yeah. And then of course you're seeing all the everything, and I don't think she's been able to shower and all that, and. You know, it's just, like, it must have been. And, of course, it's somebody you care about. Yeah. So anybody that, like, you know. so much bruising. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, also, I wanted to point out a few things, because now we're getting into more so, like, the trial stuff. So, two other women had actually been raped before Allison. The first one was raped and it took her about a week to report it because they had threatened to kill her if she had reported it. Oh, okay. And they hadn't done any like, uh, they did not stabbed her? Or no. Any? Okay. The second woman was actually pregnant at the time of the rape. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh. And she was actually able to run downstairs and got right into a police van. Oh, okay. And, um, the thing about this was France and Tians decided that the next woman that they would rape, of course... They would also murder because the first two didn't listen when they threatened them to not report it. Right. So they're like, you know, we're going to have to just do it this way so that, you know, it... Yeah, you know, so this was like their thing
1: that they did. It was their thing. Like, like some was... guys go to the bar, some guys go, you know, play some sports, play some video games. Yeah. These guys find a woman to rape and murder.
0: Also, France had raped one more woman than Tian's. Okay. So France, I think, had three and Tian's had two, if, if my numbers are correct. As, and that's As including had Allison. been reported. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That we know Probably of. Probably more. Yeah. Uh, so, Detective Melvin brings Franz into the interrogation room, you could call it. And he says, You're being charged for attempted murder. Mm-hmm. And then Franz is completely shocked. And actually, Detective Melvin described him as being so surprised and shocked that you could knock him over with a feather. <laughs> so. He's like, But I'm so nice about it. <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah. Even my
0: stabbing is done with good intentions. He is the creepiest looking guy. Yeah, he sounds so creepy. creepy. So, in his complete shock, Detective Melvin tells him that uh, he's being charged for attempted murder, and he's like, "What? Like, why attempted murder? Like, what? What is this about?" Yeah, I didn't attempt to murder
1: anyone. I murdered a woman, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> and then Detective Melvin says, "Allison survived. She's alive." And he goes, like, white as a ghost. Wow. Completely just shocked. The thing is, they know what they did to her. They know how they left her. So for her to have survived and somebody found her and got her help and that's, like, you know. Right. So Franz says, well, I guess there's nothing I can do because she's going to be able to tell you everything that had happened. And then he hands him the ring off of his finger and says this belonged to Allison. What the fuck? And then... Detective Melvin sees that there's still blood on the ring, oh. and of course, it's tested, and it is Allison's blood. What a fucking creep! Yeah, like you couldn't even wash your hands properly. Really? Yeah, I guess you know.
1: Like, does he just never wash his hands? How long? What was? What's the time elapsed between like her saying it to them, and then them going and getting arrested? Like, how much time went by between that? Actually, all this? didn't say. It's probably all pretty quick. Probably From, all, like, within
0: two days or so. So, okay. I have, like, you know what's funny? I was even looking for when did the trial date start? Like, when did that start? And I couldn't find the specific date. So Melvin went, actually, to great lengths to ensure that the prosecutor had all the evidence, all the samples, everything, to make sure that these guys were going away for good. Okay. Now, during the trial, Allison had to see a clinical psychiatrist and be assessed. And she really, she really went through it with the trial for this because she said that she had to go to the police station every day to have photos taken of her injuries as they healed. Right. And she said that, you know, it's like every day I'm going to the police station. I have to pull down my pants. I have to like lift up my shirt. I have to get these photos taken of me. Right. And then she also like for the healing process, they said that they had to scrape like where the wounds were and scrape it until it bled so that it would make new cells for her healing process. I will say though, seeing her scarring now, Mm -hmm. they did a phenomenal job because as know I'm looking
1: at pictures of her her here and I don't see the neck scars.
0: They did such a great job because describing how terrible it was and the fact that seeing it now, I'm like, you wouldn't even know that that's what those scars are from. Mm -hmm. Great doctors there. So, at the time, the law was that the victim had to go to the suspect and place a hand on their shoulder to identify. Oh, Jesus. I was like,
1: why? Yeah, fuck you guys. Why? What? Like, why? Yeah. Like, you can't just say, yeah, it's that guy sitting right there.
0: Yeah, like, why do you... I don't know, but... Detective, I keep wanting to go to say, Doctor Melvin. Yeah. Detective Melvin decided that this is not going to happen. She right. Was, you know, she doesn't need to do all that. Yeah. So he basically put all the suspects in the room with, like, you know, the one-way glass mirror thing, mm-hmm. and then Allison was behind it, and she was able to point out number six and number thirteen, and right. that was Francencian's. Yeah, it's not
1: like they denied it. He, like, fully admitted it and handed them a ring with her fucking blood on it. It's her fucking ring.
0: Detective Melvin was saying that even though they were going to plead guilty, he Mm -hmm. wanted to make sure because there was still time for them to change their minds. Right. So he was like, he wants to be sure that everything is, like, you know, ironclad, like, you guys are going away. Even if you wanted to try to say, like, oh, no, I'm going to switch it to not guilty. Right. Everything is saying, yeah, yeah, no, that's not happening.
1: Yeah, the confession
0: definitely uh, helped them. But that was also France. Tian's didn't do that. Right. So, but again, we're going to circle back. Uh, Also, it was after this situation that they actually changed the whole putting the hand on the shoulder. So they started doing the whole glass thing after that. Brought it into the uh, 21st century. Exactly. Yeah. Um, While going through the trial, France made a claim that he was a Satanist and believed in Satan and that the demons had made him commit this crime. (laughs) And he requested a pastor to come and provide like a deliverance or an exorcism to get the demons out of him. Mm -hmm. So at the time, they had to honor the request of the person. Mm. So Detective Melvin did bring a pastor that he knew that did deal with deliverances and whatnot. And the pastor said that he's lying. Um, France even confused the incubus and succubus spirits. And they obviously knew it was just a ploy that France was trying to use. Right. Another interesting thing was that Melvin told France and Tienz that he was not going to handcuff them when they were going to court because he was hoping that they would try to run. Mm. And he was like... So he could kill them? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So there was not one time that they were ever handcuffed when going to court. Interesting. And he actually said that if you run... I'm going to have to shoot you. Yeah. So, of course, the cowards, they didn't. Right. It's always the people that want to murder that are terrified to be killed. Right. You know? You're still big and bad. Why don't you run? Take a little step. Right. Why don't you? You know? Well, I guess they knew they weren't getting anywhere anyway. I guess so. Um, another more sad note was that Francis's father couldn't bear knowing what his son had done, and he actually committed suicide mm. two years after this. I mean... That is a hard thing to know that your child did, you know. Mm-hmm. But I found that sad that, you know, you caused all of these things, mm-hmm. all these ripple effects with your terrible, terrible selves. Yeah. So it was Judge Chris Jansen who sentenced Franz and Tians, and he put a note on their file that they were a threat to society and were never to be released. Mm-hmm. This was the first and only time that Judge Chris had done this in his entire career. Oh, Okay. Um, he also said that even though the death penalty in South Africa was considered unconstitutional, mm-hmm. but uh, he would have seriously considered it and probably would have imposed it if it was a competent sentence. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. And on August 7th, 1995, France de Troyes was sentenced to three life sentences with no parole. And Tiens Kruger, but it's actually like Kruger, as what they say, mm-hmm. was sentenced to one life sentence with the possibility of parole after twenty five years, mm-hmm. and what I gather the reason was because France had the other two rapes that was also included, mm-hmm. and Tians had two rapes, which is Alison and one of the other women. Right. So, as of October twenty fifteen, it would have been that Tians would have been eligible for parole. Okay. Of course, they're never getting out. Right. Um, so after all of this. Allison did go through a depression for the first time in her life after the trial. She was really in a terrible place at one point. Yeah. And she kind of was saying that, you know, this is still giving these two men power over me by me not being able to go to work. I can't even call in to tell them I'm not coming to work. Right. A whole bunch of stuff. So she was actually invited to speak at the Rotary Club, and that was kind of what changed everything for her mm-hmm. now she did say that public speaking was a fear of hers even like through school mm-hmm. but she did agree to do it just because she kind of was a little bit of a people pleaser she said okay so she's like okay i'll do it um when she was doing it though she said that she felt much better mm-hmm. and there's just something about it that she loved and it was making her feel better right so she actually did become a motivational speaker after this point she traveled around the world she met nelson mandela oh nice yeah it was really her story really is something, especially when you hear her tell it. Mm-hmm. It's far better than me explaining it it's it's actually phenomenal. well, it's like that thing we were talking about a
1: little while ago where um you have like some traumatic event happen,
0: yeah,
1: and it has so much like power over you, yeah, but the more you talk about it and the more you tell it, and the more you like in your own sort of brain like normalize it to yourself yeah. Every time you do it, it, like, takes a little bit of its power away.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Also, Mm -hmm. she went on to have two boys. Oh. Yeah. Which was... And she carried them full term, healthy pregnancies, everything. Mm, Her second son was delivered, assisted by Dr. Tian. Oh. Yeah. I thought that was so nice. That's really cute. And just so you all know, it was the man who had helped her all those years ago. So... The guy
1: that was the vet that picked her up. or
0: Thank the vet you student. so much. Yeah. I said that really ridiculously. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the vet student that said she had beautiful eyes. Yes. <laughs> I feel like something like this, it would be so huge and leading up to the trial and then the trial, it would be like so – it would just like take over your whole life, mm-hmm. obviously. And like you wouldn't be working and stuff at this time yeah. anyway. You would be healing. You would be dealing with the police. You'd be dealing with the prosecutors, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But then – you would probably feel like, oh, I just want this to be over. I just want this to be over. I just want an end yeah. to it. And then the trial would end. They would go to prison and you wouldn't really have a resolution. Yeah. You know, it. it you would feel like, okay, this is, when it's over, it's over. It's going to yeah. be over,
0: but it wouldn't be over. Exactly. It would just be the beginning of the next part of it. Exactly. Which she did actually say, similarly to what you just said, mm-hmm. how it all went for her. Yeah. My thing is that, the healing process is not just physical. Mm-mm. Actually, she did also say that when she got pregnant for the first time, mm-hmm. she's like, she thought that, you know, would I just like split open kind of thing right? Like, because of all the trauma, the scarring, mm-hmm. everything. But she said that she loved being pregnant. She mm-hmm. missed when she did give birth to them, that she missed feeling the movement of the babies inside of her and all yeah. that. It, like I said, the whole story is really quite something. Mm-hmm. It's really, really quite something. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to mention a couple of other things. So Allison gets an email from an American woman who was asking for help because her daughter had begun a relationship with France online. Oh fuck! And she didn't know what to do. Mm. So, this is really effed up. That that it, he's a person that I don't even want to call him a person. He is this thing mm-hmm. that raped multiple women. Mm-hmm. Tried to brutally murder one. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is the man for me. This, remember last time I
1: said my idea for a short or for a mini mm. is that we're going to discuss what is wrong with people, <laughs> yes. men and women, who, like, pursue people that are in prison for horrible crimes?
0: Yes.
1: We're going to talk about the psychology of that. Yes. Because I, I don't fucking understand I
0: don't it. get it. Like, again, it's not like, okay, he sold a little Coke, you know, on the, on the weekend. And yeah, he got, he's just know. a bad boy. Yeah. No, that is a creature. That is a yeah. monster. And also, it's like, you realize that he got pleasure from this yeah which means that that's how he gets pleasure right what do you think he's going to do with you to get that pleasure yeah this is a violent violent monster of
1: a criminal like it's not i can't even say a man i can't say a human it's disgusting
0: it's a disgusting creature never showed remorse you know that's a big thing never was sorry not we're gonna circle back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Carnage Island, hundred percent. Oh my God! We'll just, we're just gonna
1: swing by. We're not even gonna get within three miles of the island. We're just gonna throw you off the boat. You, you can wade through the literally. fucking sharks with lasers. <laughs> you make it there, you don't make it there. I don't Sink or swim. Care. Nobody cares. Yeah. That's
0: your life now. Yeah. So Allison had actually wrote a letter to the police asking. Um, and she asked them to not tell France that the letter was from her. Oh, okay. But she's like, why does he have access to Facebook? Why does he have access to the internet? Yeah. And he's in prison mm-hmm. for such horrible crimes. Mm-hmm. They printed the letter and gave the letter to him. Wow. So he has a full out copy, knows that it's from her, everything. Jesus. So ridiculous. God, so stupid. like such
1: failures of life.
0: Right? <laughs> <sighs> you have one
1: job useless yeah <laughs> useless you're a failure
0: oh uh, so for this also the big dirt bag this is why i said put a pin we're gonna circle back the big dirt bag <laughs> i literally wrote dirt bag. yeah i know you did <laughs> <laughs> so france requested an interview with a filmmaker and these were his demands number one a signed letter of forgiveness from allison <laughs> really suck my dick Here's was his second profit shares from her book sales and motivational speaking because franz felt that what he did to her was the only reason for her success story
1: wow did someone kill these people in prison
0: yet no they're still kicking they're still kicking god and finally i'm gonna end off with a little quote from allison i shouldn't say a little quote i just thought it was really nice She said, no matter the circumstances, you always control your attitude, your beliefs, and the choices you make. I'm very angry. Yeah, I told you. (laughs) That guy was (laughs) very angry about this story now. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That, That what you just said at the end.
0: Yeah. I'm enraged. Yeah. Survival story of Alison Botha. Why has no one fucking murdered these guys in prison? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works over there in South Africa. Does I don't nobody know care? If, I don't know. So it's just being condoned? Well, they're also in prison with possibly like-minded individuals. But I mean, like, even those guys have their own moral code, you know? I was saying that somebody just recently, and I was saying that there's honor among thieves. Yes. Because there are, like, codes, if you will, that... Yeah. You kind of follow according to what criminal activity you're into, you know? Right. Children off limits. Don't rape people. Actually, I shouldn't just say children because I feel like the whole pick on somebody your own size – whether that's a physical disability, a mental disability, or illness, or mm. the elderly, children—you know what I mean—pick on somebody your own size. Like, don't, but you know what I'm saying. If you're gonna, yeah, have an equal fight, right? But you're, coward, yeah, so you're cowards. Not gonna do that. Yeah, they're cowards. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, like you always see those like biker guys and stuff, and they'll go to where there's like a dog that's
0: being like mistreated, yeah. and they show up and they're like, oh, "We're taking the dog." <laughs> You can do you nothing about it. <laughs> so there was a child that had gone through sexual abuse, mm-hmm. and he had to go to court. At, sorry, she had to go to court. It was oh, a little girl. This. Yeah, and she was scared. So. A bunch of, like, the biggest, burliest bikers, all kinds of rough-looking dudes, big old men, mm-hmm. came and escorted her and gave her a little jacket for, like, their biker, like, oh, gang nice. thing. Yeah, It was so cute. And I'm like, yeah, I'd feel super safe. Mm-hmm. I'd feel super safe. Yeah. And, like, hmm. and you know they'd be, like, the sweetest.
1: Yeah. They'd be, like, so sweet to her and she'd feel, well, like, so safe. That's what
0: they did. It wasn't just yeah. her, but that was the story that they did it on. I yeah. think it was like, a little news thing I saw. So, like, anybody that had something where, you know, they needed help with getting to court or whatever whatever yeah they would go and be like the not entourage. trash what's it called the of okay, is an entourage yeah but the escort a, escort yeah. that's what i was looking for yeah i i don't know why i'm like this. <laughs>
1: Like, I swear to God, my brain needs to work.
0: I honestly, like. <laughs> don't I worry, don't we're almost know. into
1: 2023. Like, you'll get a reset. We'll do a master reset I think I of the genuinely brain. need
0: that. I need a little <laughs> vacation. I need to just completely decompress yeah. and just reset. Yeah. Actually, I did read up on it that that's a type of, like, not a mental disorder, but, like, a little bit. <laughs> it's an indication of brain damage. <laughs> it's a little bit of a. Like, you know, some people have like speech impediments. Mm -hmm. That's technically like a a, kind of one of that. Oh, yeah. That's what I read. And I was like, do I don't know. I (laughs) think (laughs) I have a a speech impediment. Mine is just for my tongue ring.
1: I think I just get a little, uh, a little (laughs) (laughs) S-y. Sometimes my S's are not... As s's should be.
0: My thing is that if I really enunciate and like really like move my tongue around, I have a long tongue, Mm-mm. so it's all a lot going on in my mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all just like crammed in there. Yeah, like, folded a bunch of times to <laughs> get an origami
0: tongue going on. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it's just like I just get lazy because when I have to like do extra stuff with my tongue, <laughs> so I just like talk.
1: All right, well, that was horrifying. It's going to be very interesting to write the show notes for this one. It's going to just be, like, all capital letters.
0: Like <laughs> Disclaimer! <laughs> horrible story! It's a most horrible story! Super true. Well, it was a survival story, so it's a little it bit of a is. different direction.
1: Yeah, but it's just so
0: awful. <laughs> it was horrible. It's just so fucking awful. Well, I'm so glad she survived. Yeah, honestly, like, like I said, it's a real, when you're actually listening to her tell it, mm-hmm. it's really quite riveting. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm glad she found she like found purpose from it. Mm -hmm. You know,
1: there's like you can go two ways when you have like a traumatic event. It can destroy your life Mm -hmm. or it can
0: like define like what it is that you're sort of like meant to become. That's why I kind of left off with that quote from her, because I'm like two people can go through the exact same situation, everything the same Mm -hmm. and handle it completely different. Yeah. And it will affect them completely differently. Right. But. I really like how it turned around for her. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, her marriage didn't survive all of this, but she does have the two children, Mm -hmm. which she was told that you're probably never going to have kids. Right. She had two completely natural, although they were delivered via C-section. Oh, okay. But other than that, you know, it was completely natural and happy, healthy children and she's doing well and, you know. Good. Good. Very glad to hear that. Yeah, I was trying to find another, like, who sent you story. So, Susan, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this one, I was like, all right, we're going to do it. That's good. Still a woman, but in a
1: different way. The ones where the people survive are like so horrifying. I know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, good story, but not good story. <laughs> good story, not good story. <laughs> That's just our sign off. That's how we'll end all our episodes. Good well, because it's always okay, thanks, like bye.
0: good stories, but you're just like, oh, man. All right, thank you for listening. We love you. Have a great day. And um, we'll see you next week. Yeah, be blessed. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Be blessed.